Ooh, a step of the... All right, well, welcome back to A Step Further. And for those of you who haven't been tuning in on Sunday mornings, but you're waiting for the podcast, uh, Happy New Year to you. I want to say that this message probably is as good of a New Year message as any others. Uh, but I am just getting this kicked back into gear uh, after the holidays. And so I hope that this finds you well, and I hope that uh, you're having an amazing week so far. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so this message... I called it TCB, and I have a little backstory to it. But in a, kind of years ago, um, based on this movie Elizabeth Town that I that was out, I wanted to go tour a little bit of the South. In the movie, he kind of tours South and then West, and on his way back home towards Oregon. And um, I obviously didn't get to go West, but I did get to go South and went to places like. Um, you know, Elizabethtown, Kentucky, where the movie's based uh, from, um, into Tennessee and, and Nashville and Memphis and all those, and then into Tupelo, Mississippi. I got to see Elvis Presley's um, birthplace, got to sit on the porch swinging Tupelo. And then um, when eventually at some point, oh, the Natchez Trace in Mississippi, beautiful. If you ever get to go down to Mississippi and do the Natchez, especially in the fall, do it in the fall when all the leaves are turning. The Natchez Trace Parkway is is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's a beautiful drive. And uh, eventually went into Georgia, Atlanta, and all that. And um, <clears throat> one of the memorable things that stuck out to me was Memphis, being in Memphis, and the rich history that was in Memphis. Um, it seemed like, you know, it hit the 1950s and then all of a sudden it just stopped. Like it stopped progressing and it stopped growing. It's like after the 50s and or maybe the 60s, but after about the 50s or the 60s, it just kind of stopped evolving. It's like time stood still then. And so when you go to Memphis, especially during the daytime, that history, you can feel that that history uh, in the heart of Memphis. You can feel that history, that rich history from time past, um, you know, whether it was Martin Luther King Jr. being shot there, whether it was Sun Studio where Johnny Cash and Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis recorded, um, you know, or even Graceland, you know, going into Graceland. And that was the one thing that stuck out too was was Graceland is going into Elvis Presley's house, you know, and seeing all these different rooms, taking a tour of the home and the property and everything. And being able to see, um, kind of get into the heart of who Elvis Presley was and how he lived as a person. And uh, so you walk in that house, right, in all of these rooms that are just so overdone. I mean, they're pretty, but they're definitely rock stars. It's like Liberace lived there, you know, or somebody like that. Yes, I know who Liberace is. Anyway, um, so you going into all these rooms and had like the jungle room. I don't know if you remember the song walking in Memphis and they talk about, you know, the places in Graceland down in the jungle room and all they have all that stuff going on. Right. And then you walk in this one room where there's all these TVs and it's painted black and it's got this yellow furniture. And then on the wall, I think if I remember right, there's this big, huge logo that says TCB and it's got this big sort of lightning bolt that comes down out of it. And for some reason that's always stuck with me, TCB and it's taking care of business, right? And 
so I don't know if that was Elvis's mantra or motto or whatever for his own life. Uh, the Elvis fans out there, you guys can know and tell me if you want. Uh, but taking care of business always just for whatever reason, that logo always stuck with me. I don't know. And not too long ago then, <clears throat> kind of fast forward here, this past week, I was on YouTube and I was watching a video of this pastor. His name's Bob Joyce. You can look him up. He's a good pastor. What caught me about him is the fact that everybody, this is confession time. I kind of get caught up in these things here. Um, I'm not carried away, but just a little caught up, okay? Um, about how this, they think that this guy is like, it's Elvis. Like Elvis is still living and he decided to change his name and get some plastic surgery done. And, and now he is this pastor, Bob Joyce. Uh, regardless, if you ever watch it and whatever, regardless what you find out or believe or whatever on that, what, what intrigued me was the pastor himself, the man, Bob Joyce himself. And I started to listen to some of his messages, good messages. Uh, he's a great singer. He does sound a lot like Elvis eerily, very, in fact, um, without trying, but he just, some of his messages that he puts out there, just really good down to earth messages. And they're, they're more, um, I don't know what's the, they're just gospel They got a good gospel message to them. Anyway, he made this one statement, um, and he said, it's, it's time to take care of business. And that line, again, instantly, of course, I'm watching it because, you know, they think he might be Elvis, right? Um, but that instantly takes you back to Graceland, the taking care of business and the logo and everything. And it got me thinking like, what would, what would taking care of business look like for me as a believer? What should it look like? And I think as we move forward in life, as we move forward in time, um, there are some things that are happening out there in the world today. And I think that there are some things that are happening in the church today. And I think what's happening is as the world continues to go down whatever path it's going to go down, and as the church continues to go down whatever path it's going to go down, there's going to be uh, this falling away of people, people who are not believers. Um, they might have called themselves Christians for years, but they're not really believers. Um, there's going to be a falling away of those. There's going to be, um, sadly, I hate to say this, and I feel bad saying this out loud, but I think that... Uh, for people who are not meant to continue on, believers who are not meant to continue on, um, that their time here on earth will expire. You're going to see a lot more funerals. I believe that wholeheartedly. Uh, Not because they were bad people, not because they were bad Christians, not because of anything else except for it's time for their moment of rest. You know, and Isaiah talks about that. They, um, he, God says, you ask why, these people have to die. And he said, but don't you realize that I'm sparing them from the time to come? Um, I forget what verse that is, but it's in Isaiah. <clears throat> and that's, that's so true. Like we don't, there are some of us, we're not meant to continue on. And it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. It's just sometimes, unfortunately, um, 
when God calls you to come home, it's time to come home. Uh, fortunately for the person leaving this earth, because they don't have to deal with the, the stuff that's to come. Unfortunately for the people that they leave behind, and what a sad, sad deal. Um, but knowing that the people that that have left this earth, uh, who were believers, they God called them home into a place of rest, and thankfully they don't have to deal with whatever's to come. But if you're here on this earth, and you're dealing with what's to come, that's a real heavy message, and I'm sorry for that. I don't know where that's coming from, except hopefully that's coming from the Holy Spirit. But when um, those of us who are here left on this earth, who are dealing with all of the uh, stuff that's to come, we're here, and God wants He wants to strengthen us. He wants to to um, give us that confidence and that strength to stand and to to um, be bold in our faith, in in good faith, right? And and to be able to preach true gospel, and that the foundation of that true gospel is what it's love in a world that needs love. What better way to 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 um, what better what better thing to do than to have your true church standing there, the people who who have the strength and the endurance to make it through whatever's to come, uh, being out there and standing and boldly preaching the gospel, the, the truth about the gospel, the whole gospel, uh, to see people being healed and to see people being um, you know delivered from things and. Um, just all different kinds of things that that we don't see right now. I think we're going to see more and more of the good stuff of God in a world that needs to see the good stuff of God, is, is the whole point. And so the idea of what does taking care of business look like? And the first thing is, I think that we have to understand that God is God, right? It's not anything else. God is God. And we tend to, as believers... We tend to stand on the rights and the wrongs and the, uh, you know, the goods and the bads and all that stuff. And and if people don't change from our message, you know, or people don't change their heart or whatever, then that we throw them aside. And and that's you guys. That's not what love is. Love is understanding that these people need love. We just no matter where they're at in their life, Jesus always met a person at right where they were at. I think about. Um, the blind man. We do a study at the senior center every Tuesday, and, we, and and we had talked about the Jesus healing the blind man, right? And he calls out to Jesus, and he calls out, he calls him the son of David. And I'm thinking, this blind man has been sitting here for God knows how long, however many years. How does he know who Jesus is? How does he know? How does he have that kind of faith that he knows? And yet he did. And Jesus met him right where he was at. And he was able to heal them. I think about the guy on the cross, the murderer on the cross, who looked at Jesus and he goes, I know you are who you say you are. I don't know why you are here with us. You're not a murderer. You're not somebody who create, who, who uh, is a criminal by any means, by any stretch. You are the Son of God. I don't know why you are here on this cross, but you are, and I know who you are. And he says, just remember me. Remember me. Now, this guy didn't get baptized. This guy didn't get saved. This guy didn't get, um, you know, confirmed in a church or anything like that. All of those churchy things that we do, those religious things that we do, he didn't have that ability. And yet Jesus turned to him and he said, Today, you will be with me in paradise. It didn't matter what anybody else thought. 
when the world looked at this guy and saw a murderer, Jesus looked at him and said, I, he saw compassion, and he said, you will be with me in paradise, no matter what you did. But because of your believing, you will be with me in paradise, right? That's understanding that the power of the Holy Spirit still exists to this day. If we deny the power of the Holy Spirit and the moving and the prompting of the Holy Spirit, then we have denied God altogether, and we've denied His power. And we're no better than the people that 2 Timothy 3 talks about, where it says they will be lovers of self. Here, let me go there real quick. Um, this is power Second Timothy chapter three, and it's the first verse, and it says, "But realize this: in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips." Without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And then, you know, we, we look at those, all of those things in the first four verses, and we think, wow, such horrible people. But then we become part of that list when we hold form, it says they hold, form, hold to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. And if we deny the power of the Holy Spirit, the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we are no better, and we are added to that list in 2 Timothy chapter 3. We have to know that our job right now is not to do anything else but to give the love that was given to us. The Bible says that we love because God loved us first. And when we're out there, then we have to understand that God is God, right? God is God, and He will do what he says he will do, and he will be who he says he will be. We don't have to trust anything different than that. We don't, we don't have to doubt that in any sort of way. And so we're called to persevere in that and, and remember that, that God is God no matter what. No matter what happens in this world, no matter what happens all around us, God is God. I believe there's a time coming for restoration um, I've said this in other teachings. <clears throat> Excuse me. I believe that there's a time coming for restoration, but I believe it's a type of restoration that the whole world isn't going to understand because the world's going to continue down a path where it just feels like everything's going to fall apart. But God is a God who cares about His people, and He will reveal Himself through His people. And when people, when other people look at His people and go, something's different, they are not... You know, for whatever reason, as the world's falling apart, they're not falling apart. Why aren't they falling apart? Because God is God, and and they know it. They know that God is God. And if you're out there listening and you're going, Jason, none of that's real. None of that's none of that's true. None. You know, God isn't. Then I I pray with all my heart that God reveals Himself to you. I don't need to. Bible thump you. I don't need to do anything else, but I just, and my goal is to love you and just to show you that love. But my prayer then would be that God shows himself to you. That's between you and God. And my prayer is that you would give him a chance to show himself to you because he is God. For the believer out there, the next step is to actually put your best foot forward and move. Whatever it is, whatever God's called you to do, it's time to take care of business. It's time to get out there, and it's time to do the work. Whatever work he's called you to do, it might be something very small. It might be something big. 
Who knows? It might be something small that leads to something big. Who knows? It could be very minute. Uh, But if he trusts you in the little things and you accomplish the little things, how much greater will he entrust you with? How much greater the blessing will he entrust you with? So the goal is to put your best foot forward and get out there. Now you say, I don't know where I'm going. Moses didn't know where he was going when he was leading the people out of Israel. He didn't know where he was going. He got mountains on each side of him because he's in a valley and he's got Pharaoh's army behind him and all he has ahead of him is water. And yet God told him, put your best foot forward. Maybe not in those words, but he said, Moses, you have to move. And Moses, is, you have to know that Moses is going, what, where am I going to go? Where am I going to lead the people? And God says, stretch out your staff. I'm going to show you my salvation, but you have to move. So God will reveal that he's God, right? But in the end, we have to be the ones who put our best foot forward, and we have to take that leap of faith to step out in faith. It reminds me of Esther and the story of Esther. Um, This is a story where Esther is blessed uh, she's her name is Hadassah in Hebrew, so she's only called Esther by the king because Esther is a Persian name. And so the king, after they marry, the king calls her. She's given the name Esther. Uh, but she comes into play because the Persian queen, Vashti, was disobedient to the king. Uh, she didn't want to do what the king said. And now you need to understand, the king's not a believer by any means. He's not a Jew. He's not, he doesn't worship God, okay? So this affair is going on, what this, this, I call it an affair, it's a situation, is going on in whatever's in the world. And catch that, because it's happening in the world, right? Not in the church, not in the body of believers. It's going on in the world. And so God is using all of that, and he's going to set up a stage, not so that the world is destroyed, but so that his people are saved, because he knows what's coming. This is a God who knows the beginning from the end. And so here's the story, sets it up, and this queen is disobedient, so the king looks for a new queen, and he calls out to the virgins of all, all the virgins of all the land, and of course, they come in, and Hadassah is one of them, and uh, she's being cared for by um, Mordecai, who is not her dad, but she, he's a relative nonetheless, and so he's kind of, you know, and, and things get set up for him, too. You should read the story of Esther. It's a good story, but the point is, the the stage is set, and Esther is put into this place of royalty, into this place of blessing. But it isn't about blessing Esther. And believers, we need to catch this, that when God blesses us, it is not prosperity gospel. I don't care what preachers out there are saying. It is not about prosperity gospel. It's not about God blessing you with millions of dollars, a Mercedes Benz, you name it. It's not about that. If he blesses you with that, then there is a purpose behind it. He has put you in a place for such a time as this. Why? Because God has you. He's got a purpose for you. He's got something that he wants you to accomplish. For Esther, it was she was put in that place. And remember, 
Mordecai told her not to divulge who she was. Like she, he could, he told her, "Don't tell them that you're Jewish." And I mean, you don't really understand why he says that until the time comes when she has to confront the king and say, "Hey, there is a plot against my people." Okay, and in chapter 4 is the pivotal moment, right? Because Mordecai pleads to her after he finds out that Haman is going to go out and he's going to he wants to destroy the Jews and he actually used the king without telling him all of everything. He's he uses the king and a decree has gone out into the world. And then he uh Esther has to plead with the king. He's like, "Well, there's a plot against my people." And he goes, "Well, who would do such a thing?" And you know, at the right moment, Haman's name was uh, released, and of course, Haman was hanged on a gala which he had set up for Mordecai to be hanged. Uh, again, re- you have to read the book of Esther to get that story, but the whole point is that Esther was set up then to liberate her people. And the, the pivotal moment is when Mordecai says to Esther, Don't imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you've not attained royalty for such a time as this. So she's been given all of these blessings in the midst of despair for her people. She's been given all of this blessing, and what for? So that, not, not because God didn't want to bless her, He did, but the stage was set so that she could do something even greater, and that was liberate her people. So it reminds me of the next point. Do with what you have where you are. In other words, use the resources that you have right where you are to advance to the next level. And if God has blessed you, there's a reason He's blessed you. It's time to use those resources for and use them where you're at for whatever is the next level. And I know that God is calling us, all of us. It doesn't matter who He's blessed, whether He's blessed you with tenfold or a hundredfold. But he's calling us into a purpose, and that purpose perhaps is to liberate his people. In other words, show the gospel. Reveal who you really truly are, and that who you truly are is somebody who loves. You're not a religious person. You're not a legalistic person. You are the Son of God, and you're the Son of God because of Jesus. And because you were loved, and because he'd given you that love, it's time to give that love into the whole world. It's time to to show the world your light and not to let it be dim, right? That's what we're called to do. So I'm appealing to Esther's to stand up. Use what you have where you are. There's a story of Teddy Roosevelt when he was police commissioner in New York City, and he they he got a telegram, or his office got a telegram that this preacher from Germany was going to come and and he wanted to preach to in New York City. New York City being the heart of America, then the news spreads out, right? Well, what they found out from this preacher was that he was anti-Semitic, so he hated Jews and he had everything bad to say about the Jewish people. So all of these rabbis were appealing to um Roosevelt as the police commissioner saying you can't let him come in. And Roosevelt saying, "Look, I the constitution says freedom of speech. I have to allow him to come in." Just like the king in in Esther 
in the book of Esther. He said, once a decree goes out, I can't take it back. So Esther's pleading to the king, and, he, and he's going, look, once a decree's gone out, I can't take it back. But here's what you can do. You can, and he, he tells Esther what to do. Again, I won't give the story away. Definitely read it. But So Roosevelt says, he says, I can't allow this, or I can't keep this person from coming in. So let me ask you this question. He says, how many people do you suppose that are Jewish? How many people on the police force, rather, who do you suppose are Jewish? And they said, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 people. And uh, he said, okay, so here's what we're going to do. 30 or 40 people would be perfect to to be the, the police on duty when he comes to be his protectors. And so they informed him that this these he would have protection, and he informed them who the officers were, the fact that they were Jewish. And it was such a turnoff that this guy didn't ever come to America to preach. So it was thwarted. And, and again, use what you have where you are. God has given you resources for a reason. He's blessed you for a reason. Use what you've got where you are and in advance into the next level, whatever the next level is. It's not that God wants you to stay comfortable where you're at. It's that you have to take and put your best foot forward. And you do so by using what God has already given you. And when you do that, he will reveal himself because God is God. No matter what you think, no matter what you're feeling in the moment, no matter what you're going through, God is God. Enough said. And he will pull you through. The Bible says he works all things for the good of those whom he loves and whom he's, who are called according to his purpose. Right? That's what the Bible says in Romans 8. So God is God and he will pull you through no matter what. We got to learn to take care of business. We got to learn to put our best foot forward. And now more than ever, and I believe that when we do, the, the, the true believers of the church, and I'm not talking about just in this area where I'm at, I'm talking about the church in general, all across the board, when we learn to put our best foot forward and step out, and to step out and present the true gospel, to be a light, to be that beacon, that city on a hill that Jesus said that we were. When that happens, I think that you're going to see major shifts take place. I think you're going to see major changes take place. I think you're going to see people being healed. I think you're going to see people being restored. I think you're going to see people changing for the better. And I don't mean just like brainwashed or anything like that. No, I'm not talking about that. I think you're going to see some a manifestation of miracles take place. That sounds esoteric. It sounds new age, but I'm telling you what. It's true because God is a God of miracles. He's a God of healing. He's a God of provision. He's a God of peace. And if we are left untouched by those things, untouched by healing and untouched by miracles and untouched by peace, then God really isn't revealing himself, right? But God is God. And I believe that when we put our best foot forward, that that's when God's going to to do some big and powerful things. And so I am appealing to you. I don't know, you might be sitting out there. I don't even look right now at this moment. I don't care if you believe in God or not, but you might be sitting out there with this notion that I need to be doing something in my life. And I want to encourage you, regardless what you believe, 
I don't care if you believe my message, but I want to encourage you, if you have this feeling within you that you're supposed to be doing something, then put your best foot forward and step out. And I would bet you that God would reveal himself to you. I think he's going to reveal himself to you anyway, but I would I would bet you that God would reveal himself. You put your best foot forward and you start to move towards what it is that you feel in your heart you're supposed to be doing. I, I believe with all my heart that God is going to reveal himself to you in a powerful way too. Because God is God. And He, when I say God is God, I'm not just saying that he's in control of everything. I'm saying that God is God of provision. He is God. God of peace. He is God of miracles. He is God of healing. He is, you know, all those things that you're looking for. God is those things. But the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. And the Bible says also that, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And he says, he goes on to say, so if you seek me and you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be getting out there. God is God. So let's put our best foot forward. I'm calling out the Esthers. I'm calling out the Daniels. I'm calling out the Nehemiahs. You know, the Esthers to restore the people. I'm calling uh, the Daniels to pray. I'm calling out the Nehemiahs to to fortify. I'm calling out uh, the Elijahs to restore. I'm calling out all of us, all of us who, who are called for a purpose. We are called to stand up. I'm calling on you. I am charging you. Step up. It's your time. You were born for such a time as this. You were born for such a time as this. It's your time to step up in faith. Step out in faith. Do it, please. Please. If not for anybody else, do it for yourself because I know that when you do, God will reveal himself to you and he will show himself to you and he will bless you. Uh, I don't believe necessarily in giving to get, but honestly, if God has called you to those purposes, I'm, I'm certain that he will, will do those things for you. So take care of business. It's time to take care of business. It's time to get out there and take care of business. Now, if that song isn't in your head by now, uh, taking care of business, then uh, I don't know that I've fully, completely done my job. So um, hopefully by now, that song now is in your head. And every time you hear it, you'll think, maybe I need to step up and step out and do some things that I feel in my heart I'm supposed to be doing. Listen, I love you, and um, thank you for tuning into this. Um, I hope someday to see you on a Sunday morning at 930. Uh, If not, we've got Facebook Live, we've got YouTube Live, and then, of course, those videos will be available after. And I hope, anyway, I hope to see you in those. Um, Thank you again for tuning back into this. Also, if you want to check out my personal ministry, New Start Ministry with Jason Vandermark, I'm doing a Bible study, and it's on Daniel. And I'm kind of sort of rehashing Daniel and hopefully trying to look at it maybe from a little bit of a different perspective. Um, And hopefully God will do some revealing through that too. So I love you, and I hope to see you soon. Other than that, I hope you have a blessed week.